This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, dude. Good afternoon to you too, sir. You know what? Good podcast rule of thumb. Never go for a brisk walk in very cold weather right before podcasting. It will destroy <laughs> your like vocal cords. It's not is a your, good thing. Is your to voice do. for uh, your voice for radios not uh, up to up to this normal beautiful uh, uh, cadence today? No, it's more in line with my face for television. So like it's a bad it's a bad <laughs> scenario. But we'll we'll do what we can do <laughs> to you know, be sure, man. As we're recording here, yeah, last couple days a lot of the South has gotten some uh, some of the uh, the white precipitation here, man. Did y'all get uh, just a bunch of cold in uh, in Houston? Any any uh, any white fluffy stuff? We got we got definitely the cold, but uh, at least in, in our side of Houston, we did not see any of that. But I was like, I was super jealous, man. I was seeing the pictures that you posted of the new house, like like blanketed in snow, and uh, <laughs> everybody sharing different pictures on Twitter from places around Jackson covered in snow. And it made it made me homesick, man. I love look, I I, I love. Jackson to Memphis snow is the best snow on the planet. And oh, I, I will man. fight anybody, Boy. man. This is they, you gotta understand that's gonna get hate mail. <laughs> what? Come on. No, I think this will get appreciation because like I remember when we lived in Memphis, that was the first time that we got like legitimate, like several inches of snow in my yeah. life. Yeah. And then it was gone the next day. Yeah. It's all the pleasure and fun that comes with having <laughs> snow with none of the torturous work like that responsibility. Our friends, oh yeah. You don't have to worry about any of that. Um, now there was one time I did get, I did a fly. I, I tried to take a shortcut home during a snowstorm, which of course, you know, we don't know how to drive on ice. And I went uh, fly, flying into a ditch and like people had to get out their cars and like come help me get out the ditch. It was, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah that's a whole nother that, story. That's the anyway. thing. We don't know what we're doing when this uh, Not you know, kind of stuff comes around. So the, like the schools shut down and, you know, folks aren't going into work and it's, you know, they declare a state of emergency and all this madness. And <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, it, and, and, and we didn't even like, there's not even ice on the road. Like, it's just really, really sad. And, uh, but you know, there you, could be John David. But there, there could, could be, be. <laughs> in some alternate universe. Yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's really silly. You know, you put that, you mentioned blanket of snow, you know, and I, we get there, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, all our friends from the Midwest and New England just rolling their eyes. But, uh, but you know, for us, it's fun. It's fun, right? There, you know, there were kids across the street from our house. You know, they were making uh, these uh, snowmen that were half snow, half mud. And half it was, dirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made a couple of those in my time. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I've got actually kind of a fun little uh, pipe uh, crossover with the snow in Jackson. Yeah. So, there's a there's a, a a cartoonist in Jackson named of uh, Marshall Ramsey, and uh, and he posted a picture on Twitter. Uh, he's actually Dave Ramsey's cousin, uh, who you may be more familiar with. But anyway, so he posted a picture on Twitter of a snowman that they had made, and of course, in the mouth of the snowman, as it should be, was a pipe. Right. Yes. Yes. So I'm looking at this pipe, and I, you know I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then I kind of look a little closer. I was like, oh my goodness, is that a black saddle bit rusticated pipe, like straight pipe? Like I've been looking for that. Like listeners can go back to year one. I've been looking for this pipe for a long time. And so I message him and I'm starting to like, I've got mixed emotions because on the one hand, I'm thinking like, this could be it. This could be this like, like holy grail pipe that I've been looking for for ages. I've got some like, you know, pipes that were kind of like what I was looking for, you know, but just haven't been that one thing that I've had in my mind. And and this so, looks so like this it. pipe that has been haunting you. It, you're you're, yeah. you're saying you saw it in the mouth of a snowman. <laughs> in a snowman. That's the thing, man. So I saw it in the mouth mouth of the snowman. And so I'm 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 looking at this thing. And like on the one hand, there it is. On the other hand, it's in the mouth of a snowman. And not only that, John David, it's on the mouth of a snowman in Jackson or in Mississippi, right? Like on a dock over the <laughs> reservoir. So you and I both know, as I'm sure the listeners can piece together, that a snowman in Mississippi does not last all that long. And that pipe is going to be one of the first things to hit the ground as nature takes its course. And so I'm sitting here, I'm messaging frantically, trying to ask like, hey, is this, and I kind of lay out the specs for what I'm looking for. (laughs) And and to my both, I guess, relief and disappointment, uh, it was just a plastic pipe. I was really hoping like that, you know, that I, I could get the sense in which you're like, you know, you, you, you message me late in the night and you're like, look, I, I know you've never stolen much in your life, but like if you could go steal the pipe out of the mouth right. of a snowman, 
yeah. me- built by one of our uh, you know uh, <laughs> local uh, celebrity uh, cartoonists or whatever right. like that. That would right. be that, that would just warm my heart and complete my collection. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be worth it, man. That you know that'd be great if we ever make our movie. That'll be what it is. We're gonna oh, steal good. something. We're gonna national treasure something. It's gonna be great. <laughs> st- stealing uh, a right. stealing a pipe from the snowman of Dave Ramsey's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I and, mean that and, just sounds like accomplished like cartoonist gold. in his own right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We sh- he's he is no one's cousin. He is uh, he's a great cartoonist. That's right. He's definitely made that right. for himself. Well, man. Uh, enough about the snowman. Uh, let's let's just uh, let's talk about this real quick because right now you've got a sale going on for your uh, Tolkien Blend series, which I know are a massive favorite amongst uh, pipe smokers worldwide. It is, man. Yeah, it's kind of neat. This time of year, of course. Uh, well, January is uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's birthday. Uh, January third is his birthday month and um and so we use that as an excuse to uh offer a uh you know a nice promotion for all of our uh you know hobbit uh themed and, and middle earth themed blends and so uh, man that goes out uh now and will last through the end of this coming weekend as we're recording it's january 12th and so uh through the upcoming weekend here in 2021 uh man all those tobaccos are 10 percent off so uh so check it out yeah. go to the country squire and you can uh, check those uh, Tolkien blends out. There's uh, pretty much a blend for everyone. We've got uh, everything from the uh, Latakia Ford blends to uh, Virginia's to, uh, you know, aromatics, both nuanced and syrupy sweet. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, check them out. We'd uh, love to send you some. Absolutely, man. I, you know, I always love the, uh, the the Tolkien blends because I feel like in many respects, because of the the connection to the lore that inspired the the blends, it gives uh, new pipe smokers kind of that um, that entryway, right? Like, you know, yeah. instead of having that cherry tobacco from the gas station, why not have like, you know, a, a round of various Tolkien inspired blends from the country squire, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you really, you run the gambit. You've got so many different, uh, you know, palate pleasers uh, represented across all the blends. So uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully folks, especially if you've never tried them, this is a great time to try them. And beyond that, if you've got somebody, if maybe you got a pipe uh, this year for Christmas and you're looking for something to uh, to really kind of launch it right, uh, yeah, pick up some of these token blends, man. Uh, absolutely. Uh, all right. It is a new year, man. We And here at Country Squire Radio, we have got uh, an annual tradition that goes back for a couple of years now. And that's where we try to start off the new year right, uh, by doing a Pipe Smoking 101. Now, this is a series that we've done for quite some time, and it's really kind of geared and focused on new pipe smokers, people who are just now picking up the pipe and have those, you know, very fresh questions. We've talked about, you know, lighting your pipe, like, like what? how do you light a pipe? Like very, very, like, detail-oriented things that for the new pipe smoker can be a little bit more challenging. And that's rough for some of us because for many of us, we've been in the game for you know decades, if not longer, and we're familiar with all of these things. But the Pipe Smoking 101 series does serve to be that opportunity to educate the uh, the next generation of pipe smokers or, you know, and, and I mean that not necessarily even tied to age. You know, this could be somebody who's picking up the pipe for the first time in retirement. And we want to make sure that we're helping them out right. It's, you know, much like many of the series that we do from time to time, it's a way to kind of provide a service for uh, the, the community as a whole. And hopefully this will do that because this week, man, we are doing a pipe smoking 101. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, seven years ago, we started a pipe smoking podcast. Seven years later, how to smoke a pipe. <laughs> <laughs> Step aside, old codgers. Man, this one is for the new guys. That's right, man. Pipe 101, how to smoke a pipe. Um, I, you know, we thought we'd use this as kind of an opportunity for um, for us to to throw a bone to the folks that just got their first pipe maybe at Christmas time mm-hmm. um, and are and are looking for resources uh, for uh, you know man I'm, I'm having trouble keeping this thing lit or I don't know uh, really what I'm doing what what we find let me step back just a second what we find a lot uh, on this side of the microphone I guess is that a lot of our uh, best, uh, listened to most listened to episodes are these pipe 101 episodes and they come in spikes that people seek mm. these out in particular mm-hmm. because they're looking for resources on how to either either get into pipe smoking or how to enjoy it where they're having trouble enjoying it and so um, particularly and, and part of the reason Bo you know mentioned we start out this time of year doing that 
you know, a lot of folks get their first pipe at Christmas time. It's either a gift or, uh, you know, someone passes one down or, you know, they get an extra bucks, extra hundred bucks from grandma and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> go buy my, go buy a pipe, you know? And, um, and so it's, it's an exciting thing. You've got all these folks in January with these new pipes and, and some of them are fiddling with them and struggling with them. And so this is our attempt to encourage them in the, in the hobby. And so, uh, and so, man, this is, this episode is for the new guys and the old timers, uh, uh, man, you just sit back, uh, enjoy us muddling through this, and um, <laughs> and uh, this uh, just be excited for the new pipe smoker uh, around uh, in our community. Well, and it, it goes beyond that, though, right? I mean, for for the for for the as you say, old codgers, uh, for for the more seasoned pipe smokers <laughs> amongst us, uh, I I kind of see this as more of like you know, like you're teaching a class on I don't know Einstein was theoretical physics, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're teaching a class on theoretical physics, and and Einstein just so happens to walk into the door and sit in on the class. You guys are the Einsteins out there. You get the opportunity to sit and watch and listen <laughs> in as this new generation, uh, you know, gets excited, and you also get to sit back and take some notes on everything that the teacher is not saying correctly or should be added okay. to the class. I wanted to mention that. I, I wanted to mention because this is the part of this episode that kind of terrifies me. Is <laughs> <laughs> like you know. One of the reasons I'll probably never go into, you know, pastoral ministry is like, you know, I I, I don't know if I could handle, you know, you, you, the pastor gives a sermon and he's done his research. He's prayed, you know, diligently over this content and, you know, he's trying to be faithful to the word and all this stuff. And then and then he, he, he steps down, you know, after the service and is shaking hands of the parishioners on their way out the door uh, as they leave church. And and and, you know, that. Those old guys that have been around a while and read scripture multiple times, and they, you know, they've just got a got a heart and, and an understanding that that only time brings. They just they're just sometimes going to offer an opinion on what you had to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, you know, preacher, I, I don't know. I mean, I I I get maybe what you're saying, but I I don't think that was right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know the thing about opinions, it's kind of right. like you know when the customer's always right. Well, <laughs> Everybody's got one, right, Bo? <laughs> exactly. No, that's it. It, it. You know, it's it, it's one of those things. So, I what I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best during this time to give the normal spiel I give to new pipe smokers in the store. So, if you were a new pipe smoker in the store and you just picked out your first briar from uh, from the wall or from one of our uh, you know display cases, uh, and you're like, okay, what do I do now? I'm going to do my best in an audio version to walk you through. Uh, the the pipe smoking experience. And so, um, you know, it, we can't let the YouTube guys have all the fun, right? The YouTube guys, they have it easy, right? They're like, yeah. oh, well, let me show you. And let me let me describe this to you while showing you. And so so here at Country Squire Radio, you get to listen to the beautiful cadence of our voice while uh, trying to, uh, you know, imagine in your mind uh, us having this conversation with you. And, and, and I'm going to tr- use the best uh, part of my uh, ability and my uh, very low uh, intelligence Mississippi, uh, on. Uh, you know, ability to to uh, <laughs> to, to describe uh, and and uh, use uh, fun adjectives to uh, to bring this to life for you. And so, what we need from our codgers is to tell me on the other side how I did. And what would you say differently? Yeah, that, that's the big one. I really do think there's a lot of wisdom to be to be passed around and shared all around. So, so hopefully the new pipe smoker. Yeah, well, I, what I was going to say. Hopefully the new pipe smoker will enjoy this uh, session. But then also tune in to the next couple of episodes as we get feedback from uh, from our uh, more seasoned veterans, as it were, and um, and and then you know receive from them as well as kind right. of on. All right. So I just walked into the shop. I I, I the, for Christmas this year I, I uh, opened up my my package from my grandfather, and it's his old pipe that he has washed, and it has like just been restored and everything else. This is a this is a cherished heirloom, a passing of the torch. And I have no earthly idea what to do with it. So I walk into my local tobacconist and, uh, you know, uh, by God's grace, it's the country squire. And I sit down at the tobacco bar and here across from me, uh, tobacco Jesus himself, ready to bestow the word. Uh, uh, preach, brother, preach. What do I do? Well, hopefully grandpa didn't put it in his dishwasher <laughs> since he washed his pipe. But um, but hopefully he gave it a thorough cleaning. That that would be that would be positive. Yeah. Um, you know, OK, so you're sitting across from me. Man, pipe smoking is inherently easy. 
Um, but it requires a little explanation, which can make it seem kind of complicated, but we're just going to walk through the process, okay? Um, first, the number one thing, which uh, is probably the most critical part of the experience, is packing your pipe. Um, packing your pipe, you know, we just want to get the tobacco in there uh, in, a, in a way that it'll help it stay lit throughout the smoke. And so to do that, generally what we're doing is we pack it loose on the bottom and tight on the top. So as you go up the bowl, as you load the bowl with more and more uh, tobacco, you're going to pack it a little tighter and a little tighter um, to where it's loose on the bottom to kind of preserve that airway. So listener, if you're imagining the pipe bowl, um, you know, that tobacco that's going to be at the very bottom of the chamber kind of, uh, you know, straddling that that airway, um, it, we want that to be pretty pretty loose, pretty permeable through, you know, with that with that breath that's going to go through the pipe uh, in order to, to let it smoke really open uh, down there. So we do it typically in three pinches. The first pinch we put, uh, you know, enough tobacco in the bowl uh, to fill it all the way up, kind of heaping over. And then we give it a very loose pack, a very loose uh, touch with our finger uh, until it goes about halfway down the bowl. Um, repeat the step again uh, for the, the middle step, the middle pack. We'll do uh, you know, a heaping amount of tobacco over the tobacco bowl and then uh, pack it down a little firmer than you did last time. And then finally, that last pinch, we'll put one more kind of heaping pinch of tobacco in the pipe. And, uh, and that's where we're going to pack pretty firmly. We don't want to just jam it down in there, but we want the tobacco to be relatively firm. And, and the reason for that is the tobacco needs to be on the top layer uh, close enough together to where it'll keep itself lit uh, once it's once it's been set on fire. And so um, you can imagine kind of, a, um, you know, you're packing, you're, you're building your campfire, right? Where the bottom, uh, you know, kind of kindling and uh, the smaller pieces are going to be a little more loosely uh, put together. But as you kind of go up, you're building this more uh, you know, robust uh, connection of, of wood pieces there that are going to uh, really keep each other lit. So that's kind of the idea, loose on the bottom and then tight towards the top. And then the last step before you light your pipe, of course, is pulling on your pipe. When I say that, I mean sucking on the stem of the pipe just to make sure that the pipe uh, feels like it's empty. Uh, you want it to feel relatively loose and basically like it's empty uh, yeah. when you draw through the pipe. So, well, let me, Bo, that's packing your pipe. How, how did I do? Not bad, although I do have a question. If I literally yeah. am coming in with just a pipe and and this is my first time kind of learning this, is there a specific type of blend or cut that is preferred for me as a newbie to, to practice with? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, typically we start folks out either on an uh, on an aromatic or a mild aromatic. Something that um, you know, fo- most folks when they come in, they're thinking of something. When they it, most Americans when they come in, they're thinking of a tobacco that's uh, that that makes the room smell good. They typically think of those uh, you know kind of mid century cherry blends, the Prince Albert, and something that's got just a nice vanilla flavor to it, or or whatever, and so we we try to find them something that um, you know is is nice and aromatic, pleasing to their friends, so their friends don't think they're nuts for smoking a pipe. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, but then also kind to the mouth. You know, that's that's a phrase that we uh, always like to use here at the Country Squire. Something that is going to uh, be easy for them to keep lit uh, and also not not tear their tongue up too badly. So uh, so kind to the mouth. That's the key. Um, you know, for one of our house blends, we might recommend something like black and tan, uh, Cherokee, uh, Hunting Creek, um, Indian Outlaw, one of these tobaccos that has just a really nice uh, kind of subtle sweetness to it, a warmth to it, where you get either a nice vanilla note or uh, just a soft tobacco note with a little sugar topping to make it interesting. So uh, makes the room smell really good, but also um, you know, not super complicated. So, uh, and, and one of the keys here, I think, too, for the new pipe smokers, start with a ribbon cut tobacco. For me, that seems to be, uh, you know, something easy that uh, is easy to learn on. You get the mechanics down. It's it's the most common cut typically with, uh, you know, pipe tobacco that's mass market anyway. And mm-hmm. so uh, that ribbon cut will really help. And, um, and, and I think that's kind of where you're at. So, um, yeah, ribbon cut tobacco. That's uh, kind of a soft aromatic. I think that's the way to start. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. So we got the uh, the packing done, uh, and I'm looking at this thing and like, all right, sweet. What do I do now? <laughs> we got a lighter pipe, right? We have to light our pipe, and um, I always tell folks again that you know we're 
stressing the the concept of envisioning the pipe as you would a campfire. You have to take care of a campfire in order to get it lit and to keep it lit throughout the night. And your pipe is literally no different than that. So um, we, we accomplished the, the lighting of your pipe in two steps. Uh, the false light is going to be the, the first light. We're basically you know lighting our pipe uh, twice. We, we have what we call a false light and then the full light, um, which, uh, which we'll explain now. The false light, this is essentially where you're just uh, applying a charring flame uh, to the pipe while sucking in on the stem, and you're moving that flame around uh, to get all the top leaves charred hmm. on the pipe. And so um, this is the, you know, you're you're basically, uh, you know, you're not expecting your pipe during the false light to, to get fully lit. That's the reason it's called a false light. You're just trying to get the top layer of tobacco charred uh, with this very simple, um, you know, step in the process. And so puffing in very gently around the top of the bowl, uh, pulling in uh, that 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 air, uh, which is uh, going to take the flame a little bit to the top, just to char evenly that top layer of, uh, of tobacco. And so uh, that is the false light. And after you do that, you'll tamp. You'll take your tamper and you'll just gently uh, kind of push down the top layer of tobacco there uh, within your pipe. Uh, not very hard. You're just trying to do it gently to even out that top layer. Well, hang on. Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah. So just backing up just a, a quick second here. There have been many times where, you know, so let's just, let, let's let's add a little context to me as the newbie here. Um, let's say that I've smoked cigars before, right? I, I, I know the importance, or at least I believe in the importance of getting like a good even light all the way around a cigar, which is easy because obviously, you know, you just kind of can kind of spin it around. Whereas I don't have to like deal with kind of putting in the bowl. Is it important to really have kind of like an even false light all the way around? Or like if I if it's like right set in the middle, did I mess up and need to start again, or can I do like another false light? Yeah, you can do multiple false lights, but the idea is to get the entire top layer of that tobacco charred in order to build a really nice bed uh, for your full light to uh, to combust on. So you're just trying to get that tobacco really ready uh, for a big time combustion to get that pipe lit uh, deeply so that it stays lit on. Uh, on into your smoke. Gotcha. So, yeah, great question. You know, it, it, it's interesting to me. You'll notice, listener, that I have not mentioned a tamper until this point in the conversation. So after you've done your false light, you've got that whole top layer of tobacco charred. Uh, this is the first time you tamp. And so a lot of folks, they'll come in the shop and they're like, hey, you got one of those packer things, one of the things, you know, where I pack the tobacco in there. And, and um, you know, and, and some people do use their tamp to pack tobacco in their pipe, but but generally the tamper is not to be used when loading the, the pipe. The tamper is to be used as the uh, the stick next to your uh, the your uh, your campfire uh, that you use to move the logs around. It's the poker next to your fireplace in order to uh, to get the logs in the right place to to stay lit during the experience. And your tamp is the same exact thing. You're using it uh, throughout. It's a, it's it's really a pipe tool. It's something you're using throughout the smoke in order to maintain your fire, to keep it lit, to make sure it's uh, it's in you know good working order uh, so that you continue to enjoy it through your smoke. So, um, so you'll notice we just now, after the false light, used our tamp for the first time. We've charred it, we've tamped it, and now it's time for the full light. Um, the full light, we're lighting it again. You're, you're taking uh, you know, your flame source, which we'll talk about in a second, and you're applying... Uh, it uh, moving the flame around the top layer of tobacco once again, uh, and and you're taking deep puffs. You're getting that flame deep inside that bowl, um, you know, in order to get uh, the top layer of tobacco really good and lit. Moving that match or, or flame source around, lots of billowing smoke, deep puffs, uh, and and just really uh, Im impressive. Uh, th this is the the point in the process where you'll have the most. Uh, smoke production through the whole thing, and um, and 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 really, what you're looking for here is the top layer of tobacco to be evenly lit, to where when you're puffing on it, you'll see what we call a really bright, even cherry uh, there on the top of the uh, mm. the top of the bowl. And so, when you puff on it, you want that whole thing to be glowing red uh, or orange with embers, and uh, just very even and nicely lit. And uh, and you can you know use a couple of matches if you need to to get it to that point. Now you say puff. I'm I'm blowing smoke back through the pipe. You're actually sucking it out of the pipe into your mouth 
but not swallowing the smoke. You're, uh, you know, it's as if you're sucking through a straw um, and then pulling the smoke into your mouth and then uh, enjoying the flavor of it, but then releasing it. And so releasing it back into the pipe or out into the atmosphere, out into the open. That's right. Imagine, you know, sucking in the Coca-Cola that you got at the uh, you know, burger joint or whatever, and uh, you know you're 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 sucking it in, but then you're spitting it out uh, the side of your mouth, kind of thing. Right. You're not you're not putting it back in the straw, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I just said burger joint. I've, that that is a hundred percent what you just said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I could have said Wendy's or Burger King or something, but I I didn't. I went all 1958. Um. So anyway, you know that that's the idea. There is that you're you're sucking in the the. Uh, smoke, uh, you know, and, and getting the pipe nicely lit uh, with a lot of deep puffs. And and at this point in the process, you may just be noticing a lot of heat. Um, you know, you, you're when you're getting your pipe lit, you're going to have all this smoke and, uh, and, and, you know, it may create some discomfort on your tongue. It's very normal and something that as you go through the process of um, you know, lighting and smoking each time you'll experience, but then it kind of dies down here shortly as we get into the part where we um, where we enjoy our pipe. So we've lit our pipe, uh, this real light. Uh, we've got a lot of billowing smoke, a nice bright even cherry on top. Now it's time to tamp again, and you take your tamper, your little poker next to your fireplace, and you gently tamp the ashes down while puffing on the pipe. And uh, that 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 tamp while you're puffing on the pipe is going to take all those curled up leaves that have curled up as they've gotten set on fire, and it's going to push them back down so that they're close together and will keep each other lit uh, throughout the process. So, what happens? Uh, you know, if you th- we've talked about this a lot on the air before, but you know, if you have a um, a, a campfire that might have some pine straw that's collected into it. A lot of times that pine straw, when it gets burned or gets hot, it wants to curl up and, and kind of loosen up and then die out. It's very flighty in that way. Uh, your ribbon cut tobacco is very similar to that. You know, when it gets set on fire, it wants to curl up and, and rise up. And then, uh, you know, when it rises up and curls up, it's not really touching its neighbors there anymore. And so uh, it just kind of gently dies out at that point. So, with the tamper, what we're functionally doing, you might think you're putting your, your pipe out, but what you're functionally doing is taking all those curled up leaves and pushing them back down uh, together. You're, com- you know, you're combining them back again so that they stay uh, together and help keep each other lit uh, and the tobacco lit underneath it uh, kind of in the process. And so, um, so once you've got that really even cherry, a lot of billowing smoke, this is where you're going to tamp the ashes back down and get those tobacco leaves back closer together so they keep each other lit. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Now, it, interesting. I want to talk about uh, the use of a flame quickly. You know, when you go into smoking a pipe, you almost always feel obligated to use a match. You know, I well, mean, the, the, the new the new pipe smoker that kind of, you know, is getting into it and he has these uh, romantic visions of, you know, sitting by a fireplace, you know, reading a book, smoking your pipe. It's like you don't want to use a big lighter, right? You want to use a match. You know, this is a sophisticated thing. I mean, that's that the way that and, uh, that's the way dad did it. That's the way America does it. And it seems to have worked out pretty well right. so far. To quote Iron Man, yeah, there <laughs> or Gumby, there, there's something good about uh, about that idea in your mind, and and so I, you know, I, I don't want to discourage that, but one thing I find, and I have found increasingly as I've uh, you know been a tobacconist and and been on the side of the counter, one thing that I find very very often that I've learned to address quickly in the process, folks feel so committed to using a match that they they become miserable because they can't the 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 using of the match becomes the most frustrating part of the entire process wait what <laughs> is that it is does that true? It, it it does it's true and what's interesting about that it's not a function of hey i don't know how to use a match it, it's a function of smoking outside Today, people smoke outside, whereas historically, folks smoked inside and outside. And when you have the luxury of smoking inside, you you don't have a breeze or a uh, you know any kind of elements that are you know making your your flame source constantly going out. 
you're, uh, you know, walking or on a in a breezy area, or maybe you're uh, in the south and it's hot, so you've got a ceiling fan going on over, under your porch or or another, you know, little little fan that's uh, that's blowing, and so you've got these other elements that are interfering with the uh, ability for you to to keep your match lit to light your pipe. And I have seen it over and over. So many new pipe smokers just feel committed. They feel obligated to light their pipe with a match. And and by all means, try it. Please do. It's a, There is something beautiful about lighting a pipe with a match. And if you can, and you're particularly inside, man, it really does uh, make for a great pipe smoking experience. But, but I've seen so many people fumble with getting their pipe lit that they just quit. Mm-hmm. They just quit the pipe. And so... Um, I'm going to recommend if if you do that with matches and it's just kind of become this burden for you and um, rather than putting your pipe down, go uh, go get you a Bic lighter, go get uh, particularly a Dejeep lighter. If you have a premium tobacconist in your area, they may carry Dejeep lighters, which are these uh, these Swiss made lighters that are very uh, high quality. It's just kind of a larger tank um, Bic lighter, glorified single-use lighter, really good uh, for for lighting a pipe, and um, and and so anyway, just just do that. Get your pipe lit. Don't worry about the form of it. Don't you know? Let's just let's just make sure you're actually smoking it instead of uh, instead of being miserable, which eventually will lead to you putting the pipe down. <laughs> Self pressure is a big portion of this, right? I mean, like I, I know I experienced that in my early days. I would imagine many. Um, many pipe smokers, especially newer pipe smokers, where you're kind of making a choice, right? Like it's not the, it's not the commonly accepted thing. So you're you're in you're intentionally kind of picking this up, you know. Maybe maybe it's because you want to kind of you know incorporate it into your style, or maybe you're really just fascinated with it, or maybe it kind of fits like what you're after for you know contemplativeness, or maybe you just really like want to dig some, you know dig into some pipe tobacco. Regardless. There's an art form here, which means that you're kind of putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah. Think about the first time you ever drew a picture or tried to paint something and you looked at it and you're like, well, this is terrible. And so you never wanted to paint again. It's kind of like that, man. <laughs> we put this kind of pressure on ourselves to become the yeah. Picasso of pipe smokers from day one. And that's just not not helpful. When, when we really just want to enjoy some cherry cavendish. Well, I don't know whatever, about that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, I know. I, I, I just want to throw that out there. Um, but, you know, it's it, but that's kind of the idea. So um, so if you're having trouble with this process uh, with matches, pick up a Bic lighter. Just go to your gas station, grab a Bic lighter and uh, and roll with it. And I think uh, I think you'll be happy you did. Yeah, I will say, I mean, it, it, it can be, you know, difficult particularly with wind you know if that's a if that's an issue and um you know going to find a corner to stand in so you can fumble with your matches and all that kind of stuff um maybe maybe you can figure out a method to do it but you know if it if it comes down to you finding a disposable lighter that uh can just get the job done quickly and reliably uh i would encourage that. okay all right well fair enough i i guess the main thing is i for me the match has always been easier but at the same time, you're right. I mean, I really was not considering the weather aspect of things. I, I always carry a Bic lighter uh, on on me, and, and specifically, and when I'm uh, like fishing, like I've got. Uh, we were down yeah. for Thanksgiving. I think I shared this. We went down to the coast and did some fishing right off the coast, and had a great time. And it's one of those things where I, I didn't even realize it, but I was I had my my fishing vest with me. And you know, you start to kind of pat yourself down. And you're like, "What is this?" And you reach in, and like, there it is. It's the big lighter. Yeah, you know, I hadn't brought. It. <laughs> I hadn't intended to like. You know, I'm still not at the place where I feel comfortable like smoking at the beach just with like the extreme winds. It's <laughs> hard. It, it, it really it's, is. It's hard. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, that is not for the beginner. But okay, so I, I feel I feel fairly confident. I feel somewhat empowered, man. I think I think I might be able to to give this a try and make it work. Yeah. Well, the good thing is you've got your pipe lit now. We've gone through the process of packing it, lighting it. Now comes the fun part of enjoying your pipe. (laughs) Hopefully you've enjoyed the experience and all the ritual of getting it uh, packed and lit. But now comes the fun part of chasing the flavor of the pipe tobacco itself and enjoying the pipe as as an instrument of, of smoking premium tobacco. And so once you get this big rolling smoke, lots of billowing smoke, you've tamped your ashes down afterwards your pipe is really it, it's it's simmering it's like bringing your uh, water to a boil and then letting it simmer for that perfect dish that you're cooking um, mm. and so you know at this point you're going to let it simmer which generally means you're going to slow the process down you're not boiling anymore we're trying to get it uh, to where it's just kind of kind of cooking and and you do that by 
slowing the rhythm down. You've puffed really hard and fast to get the pipe lit. Now you're going to slow your cadence down. You slow your rhythm down. Um, and, and, and we call it sipping our pipe. Sipping our pipe, smoking and puffing slowly, gently, uh, not chasing big plumes of smoke, but being content with those wispy uh, exhales that, that bring out just uh, a little bit of smoke. But they are doing what they do, what, what it does best, which is keeping your pipe lit. And when you do this, when you smoke at the slower rhythm, what happens functionally is the pipe starts to smoke cooler. If you smoke it more slowly, your pipe starts to smoke cooler. And therefore, that heat that you were experiencing first when you were getting your pipe lit, the little blistering on your tongue that kind of was annoying, that goes away and transforms into you actually tasting the tobacco itself mm. and that's the that's the real key is once you get your pipe lit learning how to how to phase into that kind of sipping your pipe letting it simmer slowing the process down and really enjoying the flavor of the tobacco rather than just the heat and uh and it's a really special process as you see it kind of happening it's almost like getting in an old pickup truck and you crank it up and it's one of those trucks that like it you know it'll tell you when it's ready to be put in gear you know it, it, it's like mm-hmm. you crank the truck up and it's like okay it's it, it runs kind of fast and quick at first but but you know the engine uh noise it'll kind of die down a little bit and it'll it'll get into a rhythm and it's like okay i'm i'm ready to go now and uh and your pipe is kind of that way too Throughout your smoke, you'll want to tamp your ashes gently down, um, you know, while you're smoking your pipe. And the idea here is that it's not just a one-and-done thing. Throughout the smoke, you're going to have to uh, take those leaves that are constantly trying to curl up and just push them back down into the fire uh, to keep them lit. If you have to relight your pipe, that's okay. Uh, Relight your pipe. Um, but don't apply a whole lot of flame. It doesn't take much flame to get your pipe instantly to come right back. It's already hot. It's already charred. It's really it's it's ready to go. It just needs a little encouragement, and so a little kiss of flame will get it lit back, and uh, and you can go right back to smoking your pipe again at that nice slow, uh, slow rhythm. All right, man. Well, you know, I think you've uh, laid out quite the uh, quite the game plan for me here as the new pipe smoker. I feel confident, <laughs> ready to go out. But you know, what what if I you know I I look around and I see all of these amazing blends of of uh, you know varying strengths and otherwise, and and I'm thinking like, man, I want to kind of load up, but I've got this brand new pipe that I just got from my grandpa grandfather. I'm not even sure exactly which kind of blend I want to dedicate it to or anything like that. What how on earth? Would I be like prepared to sample all these pipe tobaccos and make sure that I was able to get a good, cool, clean smoke without having to, uh, you know, make make a make a lifelong commitment here, so to speak? <laughs> Let's say you don't necessarily want to uh, ghost grandfather's pipe with that uh, with that cherry Cavendish we mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, it's a great idea to perhaps get something that uh, is a little more economical and something that uh, that you don't have to worry about the commitment as much on, and that is a great corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. Man, they have a Great Dane Spindle corncob pipe, which is a great pipe. Uh, It's a chunky, chunky piece of cob that uh, is formed. It's actually hand-turned on a spindle, um, and it it looks like a spindle. It's got this kind of spool uh, look to it, but it comes in a straight and a bent variety. It's a non-filtered pipe, which is good for a beginner because it, uh, you know, makes it just a simpler process, one less thing you have to fumble with with your pipe, and easier to clean. And so as you... Uh, you know, begin the learning process of the pipe and also, uh, you know, trying different tobaccos. This Great Dane Spindle Corncob Pipe will be a good one for you to load up a generous bowl and try a, try a lot of tobacco, even to see how the flavor of the tobacco changes throughout the smoke. So uh, we encourage you to get one and you can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, straight from Missouri Meerschaum, they'll send it to you from Washington, Missouri. And uh, check it out. Retails for only thirteen twenty nine, and we think you'll love it. That's right. And hey, if you happen to be smoking your spindle this week, be sure to take a picture of yourself doing so. Tweet it out to us. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe, Pipe question, question of, of the, the week. week. Pipe question of the week. All right, man. This one is coming in from Phil Patterson. Uh, the question is, is Dunhill the only pipe that you can tell the year of? He also says he likes the show and he was going to come to Jackson for his birthday, but he drank whiskey and redid his deck instead. Oh, well, <laughs> one of these days. 
is probably like the best. It's <laughs> like the most That's the honest. best excuse ever. And like he he did the he did the right thing. I mean, let's be honest, Phil. Like you you did you did the right thing. <laughs> no, it was an honor just to be nominated, Phil. We we really appreciate that for, yeah, for real. That uh, man, we were awesome. in the running. We were in the running, but you drank whiskey and um and redid your deck. Like man, yeah, game game on, man. What well absolutely. Done. <laughs> like you're gonna be runner up. That's the way to be runner up. That's sure. the way to but be anyway. runner. Yeah, man. Well said, Bo. Well said. Is <laughs> His question, Dunhill, the only pipe you can tell the year of. Yeah, so it, it does depend on the brand. And and some of the brands, you can't tell anything about it, um, you know, depending on how, um, you know, the pipe was manufactured and the nomenclature on the side and all that type of thing. Dunhill does have this uh, kind of peculiar way that they, if, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a very, nowadays, there's a very small number at the very end of the uh, of the stamp. And that number denotes from the year 2000. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, I need to go back and check on this. Uh, uh, but it, it denotes from the year 2000 uh, what year that pipe was made. And so uh, so that's what you'll what you'll find historically there. Before then, uh, there's all kinds of little quirks and changes. A lot of them, uh, you know, if the if Dunhill had a certain um, style of, uh, you know, a logo on the side of the pipe, then it came from these years. And, and you'll see that with a lot of brands. Uh, you know, if you uh, look at uh, old GBDs or Kamoys or uh, Sheratons, which I, I love, you know, you'll find these, um, you know, these, these little quirks of the nomenclature, which will denote uh, what years they come from. But it's not an explicit thing. It isn't like, okay, well, it has a number on it. A lot of it is like, well, between 1963 and, you know, 1972, uh, this brand wrote their, uh, their C this way. But after 1962, they wrote it this way. And so that's how huh. you know that the, that the pipe is uh, is from that era. And that's the only way to tell. It, it's really unfortunate that a lot of times that's your only hint. And you really have to rely on folks that have already done the research and have, uh, you know, written these blogs up over over time. And so, um, yeah, so when you're dating a pipe, you really do have to uh, have to dig in. You might do a, a lot of, uh, of web surfing to find that, you know, perfect kind of essay on how you how you do this for your particular brand of pipe and that's if you find anything at all and so uh it, it is it is a difficult you know undertaking but it can be done and i'll tell you too a lot of these pipe manufacturers they're actually happy to help you with some of this kind of stuff i mean mm-hmm. believe it or not most of these folks are really thrilled that you are smoking their pipe uh, smoking their uh you know creation and so they want to be a, a part of the process and you know particularly if it's a uh if it's an older uh, pipe, you know, a lot of them will, will, you know, be more than happy to help you kind of in that endeavor. So, um, so reach out, you never know, uh, you know, the folks at, uh, you know, uh, Kamoy or Savinelli or, uh, Chacombe, they may be, uh, very happy to help you, uh, as you, as you try to figure that out. Well, all right, man. That's uh, that's great. You know, I, I love the idea of the kind of this, uh, in, investigation nature to, uh, do a little Indiana Jones of piping to, to carbon date your, your pipe. <laughs> you know, a little little bit of gamification to it. So absolutely. Um, Phil, <laughs> man, thanks so much for your question. And uh, I hope you're enjoying your deck right now and, and some whiskey and, uh, and, and know that we are here with you um, if you are doing that uh, in spirit. <laughs> hey, if you got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send it in show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the squire. Quick fire with the squire. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire with the squire. Uh, all right. So I did. I look. First of all, I got. I got to make mention. We've we've got some quick fires in the mailbag. We've got actually a lot of mail in the mailbag. Uh, <laughs> the mail came in. Um. So that's that's coming. I, I want to make sure that everybody knows. I'm not. Uh, trying to bypass or, or anything else. I do see your I do see your quick fire questions. We're going to get them in the mix. But because this was a pipe smoking 101, I wanted to do something a little bit different for this week. Yeah. Uh, and that is yeah. to kind of take like take them back to the way back machine. If if you could do it all again, John David. If you could wow. like choose bringing into the experience the knowledge that you have now. If you wow. could ch- make this choice. I'm going to ask you these questions. I want to know what you would choose. All right. First pipe. My first pipe would be a straight stemmed Savinelli. I, I would I would buy an inexpensive Savinelli or Rossi, which is currently made by Savinelli, and I would buy a straight stemmed variety. Um, yep, one of those. 
All right. First, tobacco. Gosh, this is hard. I'll probably go with Peter Stokeby Nougat. Um, it, nougat, it, it's a very... For your first ever tobacco. first ever tobacco. This is a tobacco that huh. is... Okay, all right. It, it's semi-sweet. It's easy to keep lit. It's kind to the mouth. It teaches you how to puff. It's ribbon cut. It's easy to pack. Um, I'd, I'd probably go that route. And it's, uh, it's just nice and, and mild. We, uh, you know, love to tinker with it and, and, and stuff just to, you know... Uh, change it up some here in the shop. It's a it's a fun tobacco, uh, and it, it's a good tobacco for a beginner. Okay, all right, fair enough. I you know it's interesting. Like this is this is actually very revealing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first pipe smoking location. Uh, I would I would do what I could to try to find an indoor location. Uh, you know, we talked about matches and, and all that earlier and how difficult it can be to get your pipe lit outside. Uh, I, I would I would just try really hard to find an indoor location to smoke your pipe. So uh, even if it's a garage, you know, even if it's like a, a garage or a, you know, outdoor shed or something like that, some some kind of place where you're going to be semi protected from the wind. OK, wow. Interesting. Like, huh. Yeah. Not not like in some sort of like a, a library type of like lounge type of experience. No, I'm huh? trying. I'm trying to be practical here. I mean, yeah, if you if you do have a no, local, yeah, this is clear. This is coming through. If you wow. do have a, a if you do have a local smoking lounge that um, you know has a, you know pipe tobacco or whatever, and and will let you smoke your pipe there, that's the place to do it. Obviously, because you've got no. But this um, is you. This is you. But um, but yeah, no. I mean, and that would be probably my first choice. But but you know, the the key is not really the location. The key is inside. I think that that would be uh, okay. looking back mm. on it. It's the inside part of that that would uh that that's that's the part I'd like to focus on. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. And then finally, I threw this in too, just because I was curious. Your first ever cigar. If you could if you could go back and do it all again to choose what your first ever cigar is going to be, what are you going to choose? Yeah, th- this one is a no-brand. I didn't even have to think about it. It's an Arturo Fuente Hemingway. Um, I love the Hemingways from Arturo Fuente. They're easy. They're approachable. Uh, they're always, you know, very consistent. They're, uh, you know, medium to mild bodied and uh, just have a really nice nutty flavor uh, with a little bit of cedar and just a dash of spice. Uh, they're, a, they're a good flavorful uh, cigar uh, that's not harsh or, or too bold. All right. Well, there you go. Those are John David. If he could go back and do it all again. Those are his choices. Those are good questions. I enjoyed, I enjoyed answering those. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll run through mine real quick. First pipe would probably be an unfinished pipe. I've been thinking about how I, I really kind of almost wish I had done that because it would like, you know, the, the oils would kind of track the story of uh, you smoking it over time. And so it'd be yeah. cool to have something like that from the beginning. Uh, first tobacco, man, uh, R- Rivendell. I, I wish that I could go back again and uh, and have some Rivendell as my first. That's been a first for a lot of folks. And uh, I know that's a, that's that I wish that was an experience that I had. Uh, first pipe smoking location would probably be around a table at like a, you know, like a, like a prayer meeting or like a, a men's meeting or something like that. Um, I actually, my, my first pipe smoking location was actually fairly close to that. Um, but, but, you know, with, but if I could go and like, if I could choose, go back and do it all again, it would be with like, sp- like specific people that weren't present there that I, I would want to choose to enjoy that with. And then, uh, first cigar, man, the big easy from, uh, from our friends down at the cigar factory in, in new orleans yeah. would be what i would choose from a yeah those are good uh, first cigar. had a swisher sweet because swisher sweet's <laughs> way to go for your first cigar when you're in college at mississippi college yeah when you you know want to uh, act all cool and uh you know it show the world that you're a the you know uh rebellious presbyterian going yeah, to yeah. the baptist school right. <laughs> right yeah you pick up some swisher sweets from the uh from the gas station no man i i look i i got no regrets on any of any of mine for pipes tobacco you know for the first time uh including the cigar did but I, if i could go back and do it all again yeah the big easy for sure did i tell you the story just very quickly about uh yeah. me selling a swisher sweet to the majority leader of the united states senate have i mentioned that on air before no, but I, I think you need to maybe next week. Yeah, I, I'll I'll mention that in either feedback or something uh, next week. Yeah. I, it's just that, it's a high school story that uh, is uh, is uh, it's just kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds familiar, but I'm not sure if it's been discussed <laughs> on air. So that is something that we uh, we have to have to take a look at. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listen to feedback. All right, man. This first one's coming in from Jim. Uh, a modest suggestion for a future Squire Select. Old Camp Peach Pecan Whiskey. Cheap, but not a bad little whiskey. And Southern-based. 
Happy Thanksgiving, guys. This is uh, from obviously back in Thanksgiving. <laughs> he sent this one in. Uh, old Camp and uh, and Peach Pecan. Wait, Peach Pecan whiskey is that a thing? I, uh, apparently so. I you know um, yeah, I guess so. Okay, so you know what, Jim? You're gonna have to send us some brands. I'm not familiar. This this, <laughs> this is uh, this is new to me. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not opposed. I let you know Peach Pecan whiskey. Yeah, huh? I, you know it. it Jump off the deep end, man. That's just, hey, have fun. <laughs> well, obviously, he, he makes his own suggestion here, but, you know, I, I love the idea of people throwing, ooh, that's an idea. People, like, sending us their recommendation for, like, some bizarre uh, experimental flavors of whiskey and then, like, force you to try to pair that with pipe tobacco. <laughs> That could actually be kind of fun. That's actually terrifying. Yeah, it's like, what do you, yeah. you know? Well, you know, they they do that with vodka, right? They've got these sweet tea flavored vodka and the honeysuckle flavored vodka and all this craziness. You know, it's like, let's uh, let's do that with whiskey and you know, throw some tobacco in the mix. Honeysuckle vodka is amazing. But all right, this next one is from Gene. Man, what did Gene have to say? Uh, man, Gene says, uh, follow up to your uh, Faulkner episode. Back in 2019, my wife and I went to visit my mom in Arkansas, and we stopped in Oxford, Mississippi overnight. The next morning, we went to Rowan Oak, uh, which is uh, Faulkner's uh, family home there in Oxford, uh, to look around. It was interesting seeing his home, and there were several tobacco tins and pipes there. I believe most of his better pipes went to his brother and others. Uh, at least, as seen now, he seemed to really like Sir Walter Raleigh. I've always enjoyed his stories and just recently realized that his brother John was also a pipe smoker and an author also. Uh, thanks for the show, and that's from Gene. Gene, thanks, brother. We appreciate you uh, writing in, as always. Absolutely, man. Love getting those uh, episodic feedback to, uh, from episodes that we've done before, and you know, uh, it gets a chance to kind of revisit uh, some of those some of those classics as they become the instant that they hit the internet. <laughs> we, we, we make nothing but classics here. Oh, Cla- I don't care. I don't classic care who you something. Ask. They're all classics. Yeah, cl- classic <laughs> beauties, classic failures, classic uh, you know faux pas. That all, all of the above. Yeah, they're all classic. Gene, <laughs> thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And hey, if y'all have got some listener feedback, you can send them in at any time. Uh, you can email the show show at countrysquireradio.com. You can also uh, hit us up on the various social medias throughout the week. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole. Or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, the show's handle is at Squire Radio, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, we have hopefully set up the uh, the, the the young Padawan learners uh, for their, their pipe journey right this episode. But as we mentioned at the top of the episode, hopefully some of the uh, sitting in professors, the Jedi masters of pipe smoking, <laughs> uh, who are who are, you know, stroking their beards and and puffing away in the dark corners, just scribbling down their notes with everything that they that, you know they think that we should have said hopefully they'll email those you know honestly i'm really we're really counting on you like guys out there that you know are longtime pipe smokers that that listen to this episode and, and made it through um well i'm counting on you i, I want to hear from you like what what would you have said differently what do you think resonated with you what uh what would you do differently if if you were going back in time your own quick fire questions you know like what would you uh how would you start what would be your first pipe and first tobacco and uh and what should what should i have told someone that's uh, starting out on their journey so let us know well done well hey man let's go have a night see you brother